Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete. And joining him is Diane. Hey, hey. Hi, sweetie. How you doing today? Pretty good. I, uh, I was by myself for most of today. My uh, prof came back from Brazil, I believe, this morning. Uh, so he decided not to come into the lab. And my other lab mate was helping his brother move into an apartment in Chicago. 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 He said his brother is moving into an apartment right downtown. So <clears throat> he's probably in a good spot. Nice. I don't suppose mm-hmm. you remembered any streets or things. He didn't he didn't tell me any streets. Yeah. He just said right downtown. Nice. Um uh yes, so he left Chicago at three o'clock in the morning this morning. Came wow. to the lab to deal with his cells for an hour, maybe maximum, and then left to go get some sleep. Yeah. So I was left to my own devices, which meant I could get a lot of work done because nobody was talking to me. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, this is fun. We're recording on a Monday, so usually we record on a Sunday and we recap our week, but we kind of are jumped into a bit of a new week. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an interesting Monday, too, because uh, the person who's usually in administration took a day off, and there's usually a backup, but he got laid off last week as is the case for most people at my current job. Mm-hmm. Um, so another one bites the dust. Uh, so there was no one in that position. So I kind of filled it a little bit while also doing design and other things. It was pretty funny. There's a lot of running around going back and forth. Yes. It made the day go by so fast, though. My mm-hmm. goodness, it was like the fastest day I've ever had. Kind of nice. Yeah. It's always, yeah. always a bit of a bummer when you're... Sitting there thinking this is the longest day ever. I would like to go home. Oh, good. It's 2.30. <laughs> yeah. yeah, agreed. Um, but we did have a really fun weekend. Why don't we recap that just like mm-hmm. quickly or whatever. We want to time capsule that. It was, a, it was a fun weekend. It was your, your brother's birthday. Yes. Uh, his birthday was last week, but we had family dinner uh, yesterday and it turned out we were having ribs, which were delicious, and they boiled them ahead of time, so the meat literally falls off the bone. Um, and cake. you don't even need to pick it up. It just yes. lightly graze it with a fork, and it just falls right off. Mm-hmm. They were good. Very good. From Costco, apparently. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and we always have chocolate cake for our birthdays, uh, so that was there as well. And fun birthday cards. Lots of chatter, catching up. Yeah. It's always nice. And on Friday, we got him a gift, and we thought it would be fun because we had done it previously and enjoyed it a lot. We uh, decided to go to Second City again. Yes. It's the second time within a year, right? Mm-hmm. The last time was for my birthday. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> so I don't know if we touched on that in the podcast, but I assume we did because we've been doing it for over a year now. So I, I assume we would have brought that up. But uh, why don't we focus on that for a second? Because, for a second. Oh, pun intended. Uh, second City, it was a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess it was something that we just wanted to try the last time we went. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of good sketches. Uh, so I guess this is people associate second city with improv what we saw was actually a rehearsed set of sketches 
Uh, so over the course of six months, they come up with these sketches through kind of the process of improv. Yeah. Um, and they're very relatable to recent news, recent events, life events, things that are happening. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of nice that the humor can come out of that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so they're, they're rehearsed, but they are still really funny. And there's room for improv. And there is, there's a couple where they leave room for improv. Yeah. Like, uh, one of the more impressive things that I appreciated as a musician who plays live music on Fridays and often like the chat stream will be talking and I'll just pull things from the chat stream and like try to come up with rhymes on the spot. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, a similar thing happened with these guys, except, uh, well, maybe that was my favorite skit. I don't know. I just like the idea that they made fun of pop stars. Uh, one of the skits was this guy is a famous pop star and you know what he's most known for, right? And they asked the audience and mm -hmm. the audience, I think at first were taken aback and there was like no answers. And then eventually one guy just comes out poopy pants and they're like, okay, I guess <laughs> that's what his top song is. And then, you know, sure enough. 20 minutes later, they bring it back and a guy comes on stage with a guitar. He's like, I'm going to now sing my hit song, Poopy Pants. <laughs> and he did it. It was pretty good, actually. Mm -hmm. It's pretty clever. Yep. So uh, there's that. And also they had that guy come on. I can't remember his name, but he was to be an Rob. airline, an airline Something pilot. Something kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, Captain Rob or whatever. And uh, yeah, that was really fun. I don't know. I always like that. It wasn't as good as last time, though. I kind of have the same feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if that's because it wasn't as solid as a show or maybe it just it wasn't like that first time where it's always really more special. Because I do remember the first time we saw them, like they had a lady come up to the stage and it was so well done that I thought it was rehearsed. Um, oh, really? It was the one with the, like the lady was coming into a cashier or She's something. She's trying to buy the Kit Kat bar? Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember all the scenarios, but she was just such a good audience member. She just played off very well with the comedians. Yes. And I think the comedian was very good at handling the situation, too. Yeah, Maybe yeah. she's more of a veteran because I remember the woman kind of being like, I'm just going to leave. And the yeah. cashier going, this goes a lot faster if you just say yes and participate. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um so maybe it's who you have up there and ideas they're getting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, they didn't ask for ideas from the audience last time, which I was kind of disappointed in my audience that the song that we came up with was Poopy Pants. Yeah. That seemed lame. That was the best we could come <laughs> up with. I don't know. I don't think I was really prepared for it. It was like... Well, I feel like we needed to have like a whose line is it anyway moment where it's yeah. like, shout me out a million suggestions yeah, yeah. and I'll pick one. Yeah. Like, give us a moment to think about this. Yeah. Well, yeah, they didn't have any choices. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, Which is our fault, too, for not giving a better one, right? Yeah. But we were put on the spot. This is what I'm trying to do. This is my goal for my next um, <laughs> workshop that I'm leading with yeah. people, is when I try to lead discussions about scholarly topics, if I'm faced with a silence, I immediately try and fill it and move on. Yeah. And I have been told that I do that too fast. And I need to let my participants sit and think about the question I've just asked them so they can right. actually respond to it, which is how I feel that that scenario at the improv place went down. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of similar, but I think, I think with an improv situation, you can't wait too long or people just get 
maybe we'll get upset. I know, but I was sitting there like, what? What? We have to think of something. Oh, think of something. We're witty. Sarah could have come up with something super brilliant. Yeah, but she didn't. (laughs) Well, maybe she needed like five extra seconds. Yeah. Well, I was totally on a blank. I wasn't thinking about it at all. I know. Um, Another thing they did in the last show, which I thought was super clever, and I probably mentioned this on the podcast, so forgive me if this is old news, but hey, that was a year ago. Um, Last time they had a guy come up and they just made like casual small talk with them. They're like, hey, how you doing tonight? It's like, yeah, I'm good. What's your name? Tom. What are you drinking tonight, Tom? Oh, I don't know. Goose Island IPA Mm -hmm. or something. And then he did his little skit with them. And then at the Mm -hmm. end, they're like, here's your Goose Island IPA. And it was Mm -hmm. like, that was a nice gesture to oh okay it's good to participate in the show that's that true. made me think this time oh i wouldn't i wouldn't have a problem participating because i know last time tom got his goose island or mm-hmm. whatever he asked for so i thought that was a really good like incentive for mm-hmm. the audience participation it gets, it gets the person warmed up too so they're not just yeah diving right thrown up it. there yeah yes yeah. anyway that was second city it was fun Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, on the weekend, we did a lot of spring cleaning. That was pretty cool. Yes. I worked on, <laughs> I built a drawer. Yes, you built a drawer. Good fun. Uh, this apartment desperately needed vacuuming. Our lives <laughs> are so exciting. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. I helped. One activity I did have this weekend is, uh, so if you're familiar with sports fields in the winter or tennis courts, they're covered by a dome. Yeah, usually, usually white, uh, white shaped. Yep, you see them over the, all over the city. And the Toronto Ultimate Club that I play frisbee with has a contract with certain facilities uh, and the companies that built them, so that we basically have priority on optimal booking times in these facilities. And they are turf fields, and in the spring they're wide open, and the facilities have washrooms, change rooms. They're really nice. Uh, built recently within the last five years, I think. And in the wintertime, they're covered with a dome. And as part of the contract for us having exclusive rights to some of these key booking times, we have to provide volunteers to help put up and take down the domes. Um, And I guess that just saves the company money in terms of labor, bringing in general labor to do this. Yeah, that'd be huge. Yeah. So uh, I have not participated in this before, and I felt it was time that I put some time in, I mm. guess. Um, plus, I thought it'd be kind of neat to see, like, well, what do you do when you take down a dome? Just a lot of folding. <laughs> yeah, gathering cables. Pretty much. So, yeah, so the, the dome itself is, I think it was, like, eight giant pieces of dome material. What and is it, anyway? I don't some know. Some kind of plastic? It's a very thick material. Oh, yeah? Like a very thick, I don't even know what you would call it. Um... So it's just kept up by the yeah. like braces, right? The metal? Yeah, so all like the pieces tight. are attached together by little metal uh, joints, yeah. basically. Um, and then there's cables that run along the sides, and I guess you pump enough air in and it gets stays blown up. open. Yeah, it stays open. Uh, so when it deflates and it's flat on the ground, you have to roll up all these cables, and you literally have to roll them into, I think the circumference of the circle is like a meter, meter and a half. Because oh. they're so thick and big and mm. made of 
basically I think they're made of metal. Um, you can't roll them really tiny. You have to no. roll them in these big circles. Yeah. Um, and then all the pieces of fabric had to get folded up. So you basically have a bunch of people <laughs> lined up along the side and yeah. just basically you take a fold of fabric and pull it back and fold it. It's like folding a giant sheet yeah. with like 50 people. And you have people on the sides kind of creating um, air, like a parachute when you're in like gym class when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, and I think that just helps to put some air between the ground and the material so you're able to actually pull it uh, a lot easier because there were some pieces that were much larger. The corner pieces are larger because they're the dome, so they have like the curve. Uh, so they're really hard to move if you don't have the air effect yeah. happening. You can have 60 people trying to pull it and it's not going anywhere. So, I mean, it's kind of obvious that this would happen, but I imagine you were a little disappointed that when you arrived, and you arrived early, you didn't actually get to see, like, the dome deflate, because that would no. just take too long, and that would just be a bunch of volunteers just waiting. Sitting there waiting. I'm pretty yeah. sure they do a lot of the um, big takedown, because the domes have lights inside of them. Right. So there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Yeah. So I think they have pieces of equipment that have to come in forklifts to remove all the lights. So that part's done. And I think they just, yeah, remove the air source and just let the giant dome deflate overnight. Um, yeah. So when I got there, it was flat. Cool. All right, let's move to our topic. Sure. Last week we talked about uh, someone recommended to you. Do you remember who? Yes, Aunt Amy. Ah. Mm -hmm. Great. So she recommended Life in Pieces. Yes. TV show. Um, mm -hmm. And it's on Netflix. So we said we'd watch a couple episodes and sort of give our first sort of critique, see if it's something that's good for us and mm -hmm. uh, if we'll continue on with it. Do you want to give your initial impressions? Uh, so before we even started watching the show, yeah. we just saw the cast of characters and oh, yeah, we immediately we went, <laughs> Oh, I know her. She's yeah. from Breaking Bad. Um, yeah. I know him. That's Tom Hanks's son. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's his son. Okay. Yeah, that's his son. Uh, there's, uh, one of the, uh, the guy who plays the, I guess the paternal grandfather or the grandfather yeah. of the family. We know he him. He's in community. We recognize the mother, the mother the, of the family. Yeah. From somewhere. Not I sure can't, where. Can't remember where though. Um, but we got over that, right? Like a lot of familiar faces. Yeah. And we're like, well, let's watch it now that we've <laughs> had our initial like, <gasps> all these people are in it. Um, it's kind of sad that that always happens, you know? Why? Uh, I don't know. Like it's, it's harder to get swept up in a story when you're too busy going, oh, I know this actor. Oh, I know this actor. You can't just like watch the show and go like, I'm, I'm this, this character is this person. Like, it's like, oh, this character is. I seen them in something else and I have to think about that for a while instead. I don't I don't think about it for that long. No, I know we hit pause and did it, but I mean, this is kind of the thing that like bothers me about like new animations that come out. It's like you get too caught up in which famous actor is this now that did this voice instead of uh oh, this is just Mr. Incredible and that he's doing a good job or this is an interesting character. It's it's something that bugs me a little bit. It does not bother me. I know it doesn't. <laughs> I can tell by your face you're giving me, which is not coming out in the podcast. Um, initial impressions? I like it. I think it's fun. I'm enjoying it. It reminds me, uh, as you kind of said, your comment was, this is way better than Arrested Development. It's like a better Arrested it Development. It reminds me of Arrested Development because yeah. it is... Um, dysfunctional kind of family. A dysfunctional family and kind of three uh, siblings... 
yeah. and the parents. Yeah. And that's, uh, I guess, Arrested Development had four siblings. They mentioned there's another brother, though. So that would be exactly the same, wouldn't it? No. He said we were going to stop after two, and then we had another one. So that's three, and they were three. Oh. Okay, I thought, I thought there was a younger brother. When they were fixing the car, I thought he said the younger brother was successful or something. Yes, because there's a younger brother. Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks' son, is the youngest. Oh, he's the youngest one. Yeah. Okay. The one without the, one without the home who's mm. living with the parents is the middle. Oh, of course he's the middle kid. <laughs> of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, middle kids. Yeah, that's me. Um, yeah, it just it was making me laugh about all the different scenarios that were in there. Yeah, it started off with some big ones. Like, we're always talking about what would we do with our kids regarding Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's like the opening five minutes they got into that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's something we've thought about. Thought about. Um, I also like that it kind of brings some realism to things that in Hollywood are overly, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, beautified. Yes. You know? Like, sex isn't always pretty. Uh Pregnancy certainly isn't always pretty or giving birth. (laughs) Yeah, it took me a really long time to figure out that you can poop while going through childbirth. It makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. And yet you don't, nobody tells you these things. How do you bring that up, right? I don't know. You have to have a friend go through it first and then they lovingly inform you. No, but that friend would never want to admit it, right? No, so. my friend gave us all the details. Are you serious? Yeah. She was like, you're going to hear about all of it because wow. this is how it went and this is what you should know. And it took, yeah. And you notice that we don't have children still. Uh, yes, because I'm doing a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to birth a thesis. <laughs> uh, nice one. Um, no, I did enjoy that. That was a fresh take on it. Um, and it was humor. It was humor in the simple things of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it did have moments, though, where it got a little bit TV tropey and silly, too, right? So it was like, oh, this is going to get realistic and kind of, like, take a sense of humor on things that are, you know, truthful. But it got a little dumb, too. So I don't know. I hope that balance will, will work out in the future. I think um, it's fun. The I do think it's fun. is it's fun. And that's really what we're looking for for our evening yeah, none of the characters bother me either, which is nice. A nice change. Bonus. I actually really like that really tiny little girl that's really smart. Oh, my goodness. She's I like both of the little cute. girls. Mm-hmm. They're both very good. They're, they're too good for their ages. I don't know if they overdubbed the other one singing. Like, that was really good singing, too. Um, yeah, talented cast. Mm-hmm. Huge potential. So we'll be continuing that. Yes. Any other thoughts on it? I don't think so. Okay. Well, thanks for the recommendation, Amy. We're going to check that out. So maybe a couple more episodes and then we'll further on that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else who's listening, I recommend it to you. Watch uh, Life in Pieces, first four episodes, and catch up with us. Maybe we'll have a more in-depth conversation next time <laughs> and go into spoilery territory. I don't know. <laughs> We're kind of just like beating around the bush right now, right? Yeah, a little bit. Well, we don't really know the characters in depth. We're Actually, still I don't know any know of their names, to be honest. That's true. We're still working on that. Other than Tom Hanks' brother. Oh, wait, it's actually his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Tom Hanks is pretty old now. Yes. Yes. He has children that are that age. All right. Anything else you'd like to touch on? This might be a short episode, I think. I did want to... I'm thinking back to the second city. Sorry to go back to this. Mm. Um... And 
I did appreciate, I always appreciate how it's very open, uh, pretty liberal in what it's presenting. Uh-huh. There's often something about uh, racism. Like I think last time there was something about Black Lives Matter. This time there was something about, there was something where the guy is screaming and the woman is just making a chair. Something about inequality. Oh, yeah, there was a, there was a lot about um, also multiculturalism in uh, Canada and Toronto, yes. and yet they have no culture really. Like they talk about, oh, I am, I'm Spanish or something, and I'm really proud of my Spanish background. It's like, can you speak Spanish? And it's like, see. Okay. Anyways, where I was going with this, yes, was I was sitting there watching it, and there are a number of skits with couples male, female, the normal, typical heterosexual couple. And there was a real fun skit where they were showing the couple who had been together for 15 years and couple who were new. And I thought, you know, Second City is bringing up all these issues of multiculturalism and equality. At some point, you know, they should have a same-sex couple. And like five minutes later, there was a skit with two dudes um, going through a dating app and sorting things out. Yeah, no, it was... That was good, and it actually didn't feel forced. That was the other thing. That's the point I was trying to get to is they do speak about interesting issues, and they don't – it doesn't feel like they have an agenda. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it's some kind of liberal, you should be thinking about this. It's yes. almost more like, hey, this is stuff that's going on now. There's jokes to be had with it. And that's the best way to make something that seems so vogue or uh, controversial – just normal. It's yes. just, you, you, you create it into a normal humor. Once we can all joke about it, it's not that big of a deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did appreciate that too. Yep. So I have some news. <gasps> news? Well, I'm going to have to fix that in post. <laughs> it was loud. Sorry. Um, uh, so on Friday will be May 5th, 2017. Yes. Um, so about 10 years before that, I was uh, fresh out of being in a rock band for about 10 years and starting to really explore what it would be like to do some solo stuff. So I'd written some songs, only a couple or whatever. And uh, my brother Stefan was like, hey, you, you can come by. I'm starting to build a studio and maybe I can record you. I was like, oh, that sounds good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go record an album with my bro, whatever. And so I was just doing it. I was used to being in a band. So I was like, hey, maybe you could just like accompany me. I don't know, I'll do mm-hmm. a couple lead guitar thingies here. It's just going to be me and an acoustic guitar. And you can just do whatever. Um, we spent, I don't know, a few hours together doing it. And I came out that night having nine recorded songs. And I stuck it on a disc and was like, wow, I have an album. <laughs> in one day. Um, but that was like kind of significant because it was like, that was the first time we really kind of sort of jointly collaborated on stuff and came up with a lot of things right on the spot. Um, he didn't know what I was going to play and he just totally worked with me. And that's where I quickly learned this guy's really good to play with. Cause he just, he just gets it. He just mm-hmm. knows how to follow your lead or whatever. So it did, it took many years, but eventually we, we, I don't know, stumbled into, hey, we should be in a band together. And that band became Field Processor. So this is almost like a 10-year anniversary of like our first 
that momentous moment. Yeah, that first like recording together. I mean, we had recorded together before, but it was like actually creating a product on the spot in a very, I guess, professional way. Enough that I like released it and sold it when I played shows. Like that was my album I uh, sold for my independent shows. So on Friday, which is our usual band night, I was thinking we should do an 050507 reunion or whatever. A 10-year reunion. 10-year replay of uh, that day. So I'm going to prepare those songs and uh, not too much so because that's the way we do things. And uh, we're going to live stream on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash field processor. And we're just we're going to try to wing the whole album again. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping at the end of the day, I'll just take that recording and publish it into a podcast as well for us and just be like, there it is. There's another, another episode, another little experiment. But yeah, I'm really excited about that. I still need to get the day off possibly. I don't, I don't know how much time I need to dedicate to this, but (laughs) yeah. It's pretty cool. 10 years. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. A lot has happened in 10 years. Well, yeah, I didn't know you then. Yep. So that was a yeah dark, interesting time in my life. <laughs> BD, before Diane. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's what's going on with me. Very excited about that. That can be the plug for the band. We don't need to bring that up again. Okay. <laughs> that was a pretty long one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, either you know, check me out on Twitch or check out uh, the website, fieldprocessor.com. We got a podcast. Actually, just put out a new episode on there, too, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty proud of. You were working on that this weekend as well. Yeah. It's a busy weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this weekend coming up, I have, it's called the Beyond Prof Conference. This will be, I think, the third year that I have attended, in quotes. I say attended because it is a completely online virtual conference. They use, I think they use GoToMeeting. Uh, or some platform that's like it. that. Go to meeting by Cisco. I think that's I think that's what it is. Our yep. sponsor for today. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, and essentially, what happens is you uh, pay for this conference, and it's a really reasonable cost for what you get, considering that some conferences cost hundreds of dollars to go to. Yep. Uh, plus accommodation. Uh, and you can attend these sessions where they have people from all over the U.S. and Canada, kind of show up on your computer screen uh, and someone facilitates the conversation. Uh, But essentially the first day is uh, people with, uh, I think most of them have PhD. I think they all have PhDs. Uh, People with PhDs who do not work as professors. Mm. Um, Because I guess, you know, historically you would go get a PhD and then the idea would be to do a postdoc or some research after your PhD. Right. And, Uh, transition into being your own prof and setting up your own research Research, and ideas. And that is all fine and dandy, except now we have this oversaturation of people with PhDs and all these schools that are putting hiring freezes on. Right. So there is nowhere for all these PhDs to go. Yet we have all these really great, wonderful skills that can be well used in a variety of other jobs. Uh The problem is they're still... It's happening more now as I've gone through my PhD. I see it a lot more. But they're only just now starting to give career advice and direct career services to people with graduate degrees. 
because they realize that they can't just work and use their networks of professors to find them a lovely professorship job right. in their ideal city. Uh, so these kinds of conferences are popping up where you get to hear about people's experiences and they really are good at explaining how I got to where I am right now. Yeah. Because that's everyone's question is That is the journey, yeah. How how did you get there? What what physical steps things did you do? Right. Not, well, I was online and three months later this is what happened. Like, <laughs> no, what were you doing online? Who yeah. are you talking to? Did you go meet people afterwards? How are you using all of these tools that we now have to find your current job? That's good. Um, so it's really interesting. That's um, going to be very valuable for you, I think. It is. And I've had, this will be my third year of listening to all these different jobs and all these different experiences of people. And you start to notice patterns of how people have been successful at finding their jobs. So I kind of have an idea of, you know, steps I need to take, things I need to do. Um, and the weekend after uh, is part two of the conference. And this is specific sessions on kind of career training, I would call it. Okay. So I remember last year there was a session on how to write a resume. Nice. And specifically make it something that an employer is, will be actually useful to an employer. So they talk about making it unique in some way, which I know you've mentioned before as yeah. being someone who's filtered through them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, highlighting your main points right at the beginning really easily. Okay. So it's not buried in there somewhere that, yes, I have all these computer skills that you wanted. I have the teamwork. I have this. I have that. I have work experience in this area. Like put that front center. Yeah. Um, there's been sessions on how to use LinkedIn to your benefit. Oh, really? Uh, yes. And essentially, thinking about what kind of job you want to end up in and how you can make yourself searchable yeah, for that kind of job. These are things that should be in high school now. Yes. These would benefit a high school class. Um, and like we have careers and civics in high school, but for most PhDs, that could have been 12 <laughs> years yeah. ago, right? Yeah. And things have changed so much yes. lately. And as an academic too, you're used to writing a CV, where basically you list absolutely everything that you've ever done in your entire academic career on a piece of paper, on these five, six pieces of paper with all of your publications listed. Mm -hmm. And most of that stuff is not actually applicable to any job outside of academia that you would be looking for. Right. Is it important to say, I uh, managed and... Yeah managed to completion like four different research projects and coordinated teams of so many people yes yes that is important is how it important? well you yes. filled the test tube and <laughs> yes. took off the things i have six publications time. in the science journal no that, that's uh that's still about writing though but you could probably word it as published i have yeah. very good writing <laughs> skills I have good writing <laughs> I'm good at this mm -hmm. <laughs> as evidenced by you could put like, I have 10 publications. Like yeah. there's different ways of wording it. So that kind of thing. So I always pick up really cool tips and tricks. And the nice thing is that even if you can't attend all the sessions because they run them one after the other from about 10 till three um, on the Saturday, if you can't attend them, they have them up online for you for, I think three weeks after the conference. So you can still check out those Great. recordings afterwards. That's wonderful. So it all seems pretty awesome. And did you buy into this? Uh, yeah, it was, I think it was $50. 
And that's that's very reasonable. For I both mean. weekends. That was the early bird price, but the regular Jeez. price really isn't that much different. And is this um, open to anyone? Like, let's say yeah. you weren't a PhD student. Nope, open to anyone. Oh. It's very directed towards people with PhDs. So a lot of what we might be saying yeah. is things that we've come across. But yeah, certainly, you know, the resume writing, the mm-hmm. LinkedIn, the how to network, like how yeah. to network, like how do you go about doing this as people who are used to sitting alone in their labs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for hours on end? How, how do you go about, you know, finding things, asking yeah. questions? Yeah, get out there. Um, yeah. So I found it very useful. And now that I actually am thinking more about how I'm going to transition into the workforce, this will actually be good to get a good review of things. So that's, uh, that's what I've got. So you can review uh, that next time. I can. <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's very cool. And is it next weekend or the weekend after that we will be visiting Kevin. The weekend after. So then we can review the Nintendo Switch. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we're hoping to hit up some cool bars, breweries. In Guelph, yeah. In Guelph. Yeah, we'll have a bunch of stories then. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe we'll do a three person podcast in Guelph. Whoa. We could. I have to pack lots of stuff. We'll talk with him about that. Or you can just do it on your phone. That has worked before. That's true. It's harder with three. It's cool when you and me just, you know, huddle up real close. Yes. smooch each other. <laughs> I don't know how cool he'd be with that. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I think that's pretty good. That's a great way to end the show. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, questions, comments, send us an email, ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'd love to hear about any of the things that we talked about today. Me too. Yeah. So, until next time. Take one more for, for the, the road. road.